Hey guys, I hope you're all enjoying this podcast. I know I'm really enjoying doing it. It's my favorite thing to connect with people and go deep and see where our journeys overlap and how we can inspire each other through connection. And if you've ever thought about doing a podcast, I invite you to try it. It's really easy. And the platform that I'm using to create this podcast, Anchor, makes it really simple. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast, which means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. So if you've ever thought about it and you have an iPhone or a desktop that you can record podcasts at, Try it right away. It's really simple and fun, and it's a great way to connect and build community. Now back to the podcast. This is the Souls of San Francisco podcast by Souls of Society. I'm Dijon, founder of Souls of Society. Each week, we connect with a member of our community to hear their story and get to know them better so we can strengthen our community bonds. Today... I'm here with my friend Annalie Verkhaus. Um, she is someone I met on the street at the DuBose Triangle. And I'm not even sure how we started talking. Did you say you liked my pants? I said I liked your hoodie. My hoodie, my hoodie. I have a sacred geometry hoodie. And then I could see in her eyes that she was um, a special being also. So we just started talking and stayed friends and she offered to give me a sound healing session which I came over to her apartment for and got and it was pretty mind-blowing and I actually just did one now so I feel very relaxed and in a good space Um, but I just wanted to have her on so she could tell you about her story and about the work that she does and just share with her share her consciousness so thank you for being here today thank you for having me yeah um so maybe since I was just talking about the sound healing stuff, you could just explain what it is that you do. Yeah, well, so first and foremost, I'm a musician, but I have a, I have a degree in music, and then I also have a degree in music therapy, which is just uh, learning to use music as a tool to achieve a, a goal, like whether it be physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual. And then I also went on to study sound healing, which has always been my passion. And it took me a while to actually get to doing it. And the premise of sound healing is that everything is a vibration. This is just one of the laws of physics. So therefore, everything has a frequency that it's naturally vibrating at. This means every part of your body, your organs, your cells, your tissues, as well as your thoughts, emotions, and actions... And in this busy world we live in, people get really stressed out, and so they get out of tune. And in the work I do, I use vibration, different sounds, and music to literally vibrate you back to health or entrain you back to health. As many ways as I can use music and sound, that's what I'm trying to do. And... I can personally attest that it's very powerful and definitely works. Uh, I've done, we've done four sessions together so far. Mm -hmm. And it's, 
somewhat similar to the feeling you have after you get like a really good massage or if you go to a really good yoga class where the teacher is very attuned to energetics and you just feel very like refreshed and clean on a energetic level um so i would definitely recommend it for anyone um i can explain a little bit too for people a lot of people don't really even know what a sound healing table is or nonetheless the experience so it's a massage table with special speakers built in called transducers that cause or emit these low bass frequencies and uh, piano is my main instrument that music flows through and so I record myself playing live piano improv and then I add vocals and other musical layers and then add the low bass tones which will cause the table to vibrate between 30 to 120 hertz which is scientifically proven to reduce stress and tension and increase blood circulation and then basically you lie down on the table you your eyes are covered you have headphones on and the music guides you on this journey inside and it's usually through your chakras either all of them or one of them and then as you're in that experience i do reiki or energy clearing on you and i use tuning forks too so my work is all about flow clearing the blockages so you can have flow so you can live the life you want to live a happy full abundant life free of suffering and just blahness that's a great explanation yeah so maybe you could explain how you got tapped into using sound in such a like consciousness expanding way uh, well, I mean, it probably goes back to the very beginning of my life. I've just always loved music. Um, the sounds in nature, just everything could sound like music if you have the right perception or the right way to listen. And so as I went on my years of studying music, um, when I made it here to San Francisco, I knew there are places to actually study sound healing. And so the two schools here are the Globe Institute of Sound and Consciousness, which is where I went. And then um, CIIS has a program as well. And I just ended up choosing Globe because when I walked in, I immediately knew I was supposed to be there. Then I went into the bathroom over the sink. There was this weird picture of this being and I said, holy shit, I don't know who that is, but I know, I know this, I know what this is. And I knew I was supposed to be there. And so this, they have a sound healing tables. I didn't invent this. It's called a vibroacoustic sound table, but I did build my own table and I do design all the music. So it is different. And so from going to that school, I got to tap into a lot of different teachers and healers and kind of figure out what do I really want to do? You know, I know my gift is music, but how can I really use it to help people best? And so this is how it's come through right now, but it's always evolving. Hmm. Right on. And you said you saw this being and you just knew Mm -hmm. like this picture of this being. So you were using your intuition to make that decision oh yes I felt it in every part of my body and do you generally use your intuition to make decisions yes I do and it's it's something that all of us have we all have intuition but we live in a world that doesn't value it and 
I haven't always used my intuition. I mean, for a while there, I was pretty lost within myself and I had to deal with addiction and other mental health stuff. And so part of being healthy and awakening more is learning to trust my intuition and to surrender to the flow of the world and to basically trust myself and trust others when when it seems appropriate. So as much as possible, yeah, I trust my intuition. I feel it in different places and sometimes I just see things or know things and instead of always being surprised by it, I think, yes, that's right, and just keep going because then it strengthens it like a muscle. Yeah, you you told me you saw some things when you were doing your work on me, some of my spirit guides perhaps. Oh, yeah. Well, with you, and I'm around you energetically, your energy, I can see your guides very clearly. I don't always see stuff around people, but yeah, Dijon has some interesting beings with with him. <laughs> Were they here today? Oh yes, they're here. They're here now. He has this one one being who seems really Egyptian. I guess he's somewhat in that time frame. Very very tall, very thin, wearing a long long like clothing from that style, and but his face. It has more like a a beak in a weird way. And he can fly when he's very powerful. What I think is funny is that Dijon's always asking me to say hello to him. And I said, no, you say hello. <laughs> and that's also part of developing your intuition or opening your third eye mm-hmm. is learning to make contact with these and, you know, knowing that it's okay to do this. And no, it does not mean you're insane. Um, but just to be cautious with what you want to get in touch with. Right. You know? I mean, in general, I feel like I am in touch with my intuition and, and, and my senses, and I sense who I'm supposed to be spending time with, where I'm supposed to be, what kind of food I'm supposed to be eating. But I don't usually see beings in the same way that you're describing, you know? Like, when I eye gaze with people, I can definitely see more of a vibrational feel than like a static one. So mm-hmm. I can see like multiple layers of people's um, being, you know, yeah. um, that's pretty standard for me. But the other stuff is, you know, I don't have as much experience with, but it's super interesting to me. Yeah. And it, it can, it can evolve and develop if you want it to mm-hmm. bringing more of that into consciousness. Right. But for me, I've always just seen stuff. I'm a very visual person. And so that's been a huge part of my healing journey is to allow myself to see that and not be scared of it and to embrace it and know that, you know, I'm seeing things for a reason. I may not always know why, but sometimes if I see stuff when I'm working with people and I share it with them, it can be very relevant you know, they're kind of like archetypes or symbols or a metaphor or sometimes something actually, you know, that could be going on with them in their life. Right. So you said you've always seen things and you were also kind of briefly mentioning how you overcame addiction and maybe more dense circumstances. Um, I'm curious to what your childhood was like, if you were like seeing things when you were little and how people responded to that and I don't know what kind of your journey to 
healing and like being confident in your abilities like what was that journey very challenging (laughs) my childhood was it was overall okay I had everything I wanted you know right I had food and a house but for the deeper emotional needs those weren't really met um my parents divorced when I was eight And I was a highly sensitive person, you know, I'm an empath. And so I was seeing things and I would feel everything that was going on and I couldn't talk about it. And then I think even if I did, it would have been totally shut down. Like, no, what are you talking about? Just not validated. And I had really weird experiences all the time. Um, Pretty sure I was just always in in another state of consciousness because I didn't, well, I didn't like the world I was living in. And I was very open and connected. And the bathroom in my dad's house is a, is a weird portal. And some of my friends, they know this. And even the friends who aren't even really into this stuff, they'd be like, oh yeah, there was some weird shit happening in that bathroom. And so I guess these were just beings that I was connected with, but the way they presented themselves, it was just terrifying because I'd wake up and I'd go to the bathroom and the lights wouldn't work and I would think, oh shit, now it means I'm somewhere else. And every time that would happen, I'd go in and in the bathtub, there'd just be these beings there and they didn't do anything to me that I recall. And uh, so as time went on, I just kind of shut that all off and due to the circumstances of my childhood um, I was forced to go back and forth between my parents house and I really didn't want to be with my dad it wasn't really a good relationship very cold and you know all this perfectionism and so I started using food as something I could control I couldn't control anything else But I could control what I ate and what I ate. And so from um, the age of 10, when I look back, I started developing like an eating disorder, weird habits with food. And this just got way worse over the years. And it was something that I wouldn't even admit to myself. And when you have this, it's a very negative state of mind and your perception gets really distorted essentially and there's this awful voice inside your head telling you like you're a terrible person you're worthwhile you don't deserve to eat and you should go do this you know and imagine you know your thoughts affect how you feel so my reality was becoming very dark and uh so during all of this time I would say yeah my intuition and abilities were just really shut down then of course I started drinking and getting high and I thought it was just great because I could just totally escape from everything mainly my feelings (laughs) and um, my family has addictive tendencies and this just escalated and uh, I mean I spent at least 15 years in this weird state of mind just going down and down and I of course on the outside appeared relatively fine I got my degree and, you know, I look fine. I look nice, right? People can't always tell that you're, you're slowly fading away and torturing yourself. And so uh, it eventually came to a head when 
I had quit drinking, and that was a huge step because it was a really big problem. And then as soon as I had been sober, the eating disorder just came out full force and completely took over, and I had to withdraw from school and go seek help. And that was the best thing I could do for myself. And I realized my life is worth living and that I am a good person and that I do deserve things like pleasure and to eat and to be here. So I think I had to experience all this stuff so that my work as a therapist, I can work with people who've gone through similar stuff. And I really know, I know what it's like. And I know it's helped me and what helped me or music, creatively expressing myself and developing a spiritual connection again. Everything that I was connected to when I was a kid, now I've been remembering and kind of reopening to. So that's what's been happening for the past five and a half years. That's great. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Was there a decisive moment that allowed you to want to reconnect and give you the power to do that or what happened well with the drinking that was the first step I always kept telling myself oh it's not a problem as long as this doesn't happen and then of course all the things happened that I said weren't a problem and then the last straw was it's not a problem as long as I don't get in trouble at work and then I did and I got let go for drinking on the job which I had been because if I didn't drink, I would feel sick and shake. So I went home that night. I was living in North Carolina. I went for a walk at night. And as I walked, these seven horses appeared. And I was just like, wow. And I was just feeling so many things. And I remember just holding this horse's head and be like, please help me. I don't want to live like this anymore. You know, just really. When I went back to my house, I felt something inside just shift, and I saw, well, if I keep going like this, this is what's going to happen. Nothing good. And so I I just felt it inside, like, this is it. And I took my last shot ever, and that was it. Mm. Like, say, I went to an AA meeting. <coughs> but so that was, there was just this feeling inside that changed. So I don't know. I think maybe it's something connected to my higher self or it was just time. Yeah. Well, that's great that you had the ability to ask for help and receive it from wherever it came from. (coughs) Yeah. I think that, you know, is the hardest part for the person who is struggling to like admit they need help. Oh, it's so hard. And admit that there's a problem, you know. Yeah, and I mean, I, I and after that happened, I didn't immediately tell everyone, and I was actually completely alone because it was before my school was starting, so I didn't even know anyone there. So I really did that whole recovery alone. And then when I had the eating disorder, I, um, I um, realized that I went to this treatment center, that turned out to be fundamentalist Christian. And uh, needless to say, I am not that. <laughs> it was, But I was meant to go there because I was meant to go and stand up for myself 
and fight for my life because I went there and they took everything away. They took away my music, which I told them, hey, I need to have music because it's very healing to me. Uh And they lied and said, of course you can have it. No, they took it away. But what they did have there was a baby grand piano. And I hadn't played music for myself in a really long time. And so I remember that was impetus of the beginning of healing when I started playing music for myself and people would say oh that's so beautiful and then I realized I do have these abilities and I again I left this place early because it just wasn't going to be helpful to be around this very fundamentalist group and I went home and again I basically started this journey by myself of recovery so you were back, you were still in North Carolina at that time? Well, I went to the center in Arizona, and then I went back to my parents' house in Tennessee. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> then then the healing had to begin, and I was anorexic, so I had to gain weight, which is really painful. And I had a dietitian explain to me that it's kind of like writing a sinking ship you know a really heavy ship you know it's made of steel and so it's a slow process to bring this ship upright again and so I again I would just turn to music and I turned to art Mm -hmm. and all this beautiful abstract art would just start flowing out of me when before I drew these really detailed black and white drawings which to me symbolize my healing. Like, this is my real self. I'm beautiful and all these colors and symbols. And how long do you feel like it took from when you started to make those changes in your life to when you felt, like, clear again? Oh, I mean, now it's been about four and a half years that I've been on that journey. I think it took at least several years. hmm I mean, I already was doing better, and I went back to school, you know, I finished my degree and did all of that, but the hardest thing to change is your your mindset. I still struggle with distorted thoughts, and so I don't know if I'm 100% clear, because we're all only human, and after engaging in these thought patterns and behaviors for most of my life, it's going to take a while to get the new neural pathway working correctly. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's very wise, you know, because you're obviously self-aware and on the path to healing, but you also kind of leave space for humanity, mm-hmm. which is pretty important, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing with these eating disorders, too. You're you're striving for this perfection that doesn't even exist because... Anyone who struggle, struggles with perfectionism knows that as soon as you set some limit, like as soon as I do this, then it'll be great. But it doesn't matter. You accomplish that, and then there's something more and something more, and it's never attainable. Right. And that, and it just leads to misery. Right. So my journey, has, it's really all about how well can I love myself. Because mm-hmm. I was certainly not nice to myself. So what are some of your favorite things about yourself? Hmm, my smile. I've been told by people they really like my smile and uh, my eyes and 
my boyfriend was just agreeing over there. <laughs> and um, my ability to play music, or rather let music flow through me, mm-hmm. most specifically with the piano and I guess just my presence. I've been told by people that I have a good presence and um, just a little crazy. You know, little out there, totally obsessed with schizophrenia. And uh, <laughs> so those are things, yeah. some things. Um, and what part of your journey did you get to California? How long have you been out here? I've been here, I guess, about two years. So, well, maybe even longer by now. And I moved here to do my music therapy internship. Um at Langley Porter, which is an inpatient psychiatric unit. And that was an awakening experience. And um, I always thought I wanted to work in that setting. But as soon as I was in that setting, I realized, oh, no, I do not want to be here. And it wasn't because of the patients who were there. It was because of the system. It's very toxic and um, not supportive of um, seeing people for who they are on all levels and offering them hope and love. So during my internship, I realized I wanted to stay in San Francisco, not go back and do the master's in music therapy. So I still got my board certification, which is all that mattered. And I thought, well, this is where I need to be if I want to study more about sound healing and consciousness and, you know, chakras and Eastern holistic um, medicine. So this is where it's at. Yeah. San Francisco is a, a portal to many different consciousnesses, okay. which is a beautiful part about it. I know my first, I've been here nine years now, which is kind of funny to say, I guess it'll be nine years in January. Mm-hmm. Seems, seems like a lot of time, but you know, the first years I feel like I was caught up in partying and the external world, the external part of San Francisco, because there's definitely a lot going on all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's challenging to learn how to say no to things, to be like, I'm not going to go out tonight, or because there's always something going on. Mm -hmm. Um, But in the last four years doing this project, I've been able to slow down more and get more in touch with my intuition and listen to the signs more, which for me comes through people, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm definitely always been interested in music and, and vibration and, and like, as opposed to reading books, which I like to do also, I also like to hear what you have to say about it and learn about it through your personal experience and hear how it's transformed you and how you use it to transform other people. Right. And that's generally how I like to learn about things just so like firsthand experience yeah, that's a great way to do it. Because um, your work is definitely very powerful, and I and I can tell that you put a lot of um, energy into it, mm-hmm. and I really appreciate that. Um, so I'm also friends with your your boyfriend Oliver, and I feel like you guys have a good story <laughs> of how you came together. Can you tell me that story? Oh, yeah, sure. Well, so, but just to state a little bit um, before I tell that story, I think a lot of women, men too, but since I'm a woman and I work mainly with women, um, it's been a long journey to get to this actual healthy relationship. I've been through a lot of 
Well, my mom likes to call them case studies. You know, I've been learning different things from being with different people. And I finally um, realized that I deserve more. And I had done enough inner work and totally just surrendered to God and said, you know, these are the things I want in a person. I don't know who would exist in, but I love myself and I'm happy with myself. And so I had that experience happened right before I met Oliver and he actually had something similar happen in his own life where he had surrendered as well and then I just took my computer to get fixed and there was Oliver you know he was there working and I started talking to this other woman who was paying for her computer and I told her I do music therapy and sound healing and um, Oliver started listening and I said I played the piano and, you know, he he started being like, oh, really? Wow, that's really cool. And the thing I remember most is um, there was this guy who was in the corner who turns out to be Oliver's friend. And he was just looking so happy, you know, just like, yeah, looking happy because <laughs> Oliver had sent me and my bill saying like, here's my number. If you ever want to go talk about any of this stuff. And I said, sure. And I walked out and that smiling hippie back there was like, God, that guy was just really happy about something. But it turns out, I mean, he had looked at Oliver and was like winking, like, Hey, Hey, look at this one. Look at this one. And so, uh, the next day I contacted him because I'm pretty forthright you know sometimes blunt and like hey let's get together and then we did and it was just pretty it was just immediate like instant connection and we're both Sagittarius so we get along really well our birthdays are four days apart and it's basically like meeting me but he's a man and he you know we have a lot in common music sound art like spirituality but he has other information that I don't have. So it was just, I mean, it's just mind-blowing to connect with someone on all levels. And now I can communicate well. And I didn't bring any of this weirdness about food or all of that into our relationship. And so it's been really, it's been really healing to be with him. And I've grown a lot. He's grown a lot. And yeah, I've... It was just mind-blowing. Uh, I still can't always believe it, but that's part of me opening my heart more and more to say, yes, I do believe it, and I deserve this because lo- I deserve love. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge thing. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Seems like you've got a big part of what everyone, I feel like, wants in life like covered. Exactly, yeah. So the thing that I'm focusing on now, now that I got this, you know, I have a partner and I have my health. Now I can focus on um, my work. And I, I have a lot of friends, actually, who they have no problem with work and, you know, they're healthy, but all they want is someone to be with. And so I'm working to stay grateful for what I have and know that the work and all of that, there's plenty of time for all of that to evolve and grow. All right. So how long have you guys been together now? What month is it? It's been like like a year and nine months. Wow, congrats. Yeah, so it feels like a short and long time all at once. And I moved in with him on our year anniversary. 
And so it's been really nice just to have a space together and we continue to get to know each other. And, you know, like any relationship, it, it is work, but not in a, oh, it's hard work, but, you know, just to stay conscious and to communicate and, you know, everyone fluctuates, has different moods and different things happen. So to be there for someone, you know, as they go up and down, mm-hmm. you know, it's a very, yeah, it's a nice process. Right on. So you were saying that what your focus is now is your work and like taking the next steps. Mm-hmm. What do you want to call in in relation to your work moving forward? I want to call in touching more people's lives with my work, um, bringing and bringing awareness about the power of music and sound to heal. Because a lot of people still really don't know what music therapy or sound healing are. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's just so obvious. Like, of course it heals. I know you go home after a bad day and turn on a CD and you feel better. That's the most basic example of it. So I'd like to touch more people's lives, uh, especially women and men, too, who've struggled with maybe body image issues or eating disorders or just um, anxiety and depression or people who just have this uneasiness and they really think there's more to life. Or maybe you hear things and see things that other people don't Mm -hmm. and you need someone to guide you and validate your experience because, you know, that stuff is real. (laughs) There are many states of consciousness and some people just have access to them. So just, I just want to touch more people's lives because I've been so fortunate to heal myself through these ways that the world really needs more of that. And we don't need people being drugged. We need people to have these modalities that bring them to life. And I'm all about empowerment. I want to give you as many coping skills as possible, you know, so that you can go live your life. And it's all about you learning to trust yourself. I'm merely holding space. By the way, it's not me doing it. It's always up to you, the other person, if you will make that change or allow that vibration in. Uh, It has nothing to do with me. Hmm. Well, that's a great perspective. And you have a website, right? I do. It's uh, thelightwithintherapy.com. Okay. And we can also put that in the in the notes underneath so mm-hmm. people can reach out if, right. they, if they feel inspired to connect. Yeah, definitely. Um, tell me just a little bit about your San Francisco experience. Like, how do you like to spend your time here? Like, I guess outside of music stuff and mm-hmm. what do you enjoy about living in this place? Well, I really like that you can walk everywhere for the most part because I I enjoy walking. So I like to just walk around and look at the houses or walk through the panhandle into Golden Gate Park and explore and listen to music or sometimes just have a silent walk. So that's really nice. Obviously, there's really good food here. I like to go out and try the different cuisines. And I also, um, I do Tai Chi, which... I really like doing that. I'm by far the youngest person who goes and does Tai Chi. I do it with a whole bunch of 40 to 70-year-olds. That's really nice. 
And then other things, I do yoga, like so many people here, but yoga has been really healing for me to move into my body and know that the movement is for me and to release tension and it's not to like lose weight or something like that. It's just, wow, it feels really good and I'm getting really strong. I like that Mm -hmm. because I want to be healthy and I want to be able to lift things and like, maybe I want to do a headstand. Why not? You know? (laughs) Right on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know if I have any more questions. I think it's really beautiful what you shared, and we covered a lot. Do you have anything that we didn't talk about that you feel like you want to talk about or something you want to share? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, yeah, we did cover a lot. It feels pretty good. Just that, you know, I the sound table work, while it, you know, it is transformative if you allow it to be, It's also a great way to just deeply relax because in this world we live in, if you can offer someone deep relaxation for 30 minutes, that's a gift. So that's all I want to say is that, you know, if you don't think you need to heal or do all this inner work, and if you just want to come blissed out, that's an option too. And I think everyone should experience it because... It's a, it's a natural thing, vibration. You know, when babies are crying when they're younger, parents, when they drive them around or have these actual chairs that vibrate, it causes them to stop crying. Right. You know, just because we're not little babies anymore doesn't mean that we don't need sometimes to be soothed and consoled by this vibration. You know, it entrains our whole being into this more relaxed state, and it helps us remember how to do that on our own. Right on. Yeah. Well, once again, I can highly recommend it, and I'm going to continue my sound healing sessions with Annalie, and I would definitely suggest you do too. She's a wonderful person to be around, and I'm really grateful that you came and shared your your magic with us today. Yeah, thank you so much. Always a pleasure to know you. (laughs) Right on.